Listen at your own discretion as the following content contains strong language, adult dialogue, discussions of violence, and spoilers. Cue the intro. Hello, fellow readers, and welcome to Three Reads in a Pod. My name is Sarah. My name is Heather. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good job. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was going to point, and then I was like, wait, is it me? I don't know, man. Uh, Good. So if you're interested in a trio of ladies that get together and record our book club for the masses and stick around, this episode of Three Reads will be discussing Hiroshima by Sarah Kay. If you want to read along, we post the book and book bite of the month on our Instagram, Three Reads in a Pod. That's the number three reads in a pod. Without further ado, it's time to turn the page. I love our intros. I feel like the longer we do this, the more messy they get. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm Delia, and uh, this was my pick, and um, it's, I don't know, she's one of my favorite poets, so let's just get you some background on Miss Sarah Kay, and then we'll go into having her actually read the poem for us. Usually we give a summary, but not today. So Sarah Kay is an American poet born June 19th, 1988 to her Japanese-American mother and Jewish-American father in New York. She has an MA in teaching from Brown University. She's best known for her spoken word poetry, which has she's performed all over the place in a lot of different ways and fashions and so on and so forth. Um, I remember reading somewhere that she didn't want to publish her work because she thought it, it like her work was meant to be listened to because it's spoken word. And I could be wrong about that, but I, I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. Anyway, but in spite of this, she has published four works of poetry she is a co-founder for Project Voice, and the, mi- the mission statement for Project Voice is that it uses spoken word poetry to entertain, educate, and inspire. Um, so they go into schools and they do these like performances and workshopping, and it's meant to promote empowerment, improving literacy, and encouraging empathy and creative collaboration in classrooms and communities. So I think that's really cool. Um, she also is a host for a podcast called Sincerely X which I guess is having random anonymous people on to the podcast and they confess stuff, I guess. Um, She was a producer for an animated poetry series called There's a Poem for That and an author for Poetry Rx. Now, Poetry Rx is pretty cool. It's a poetry slash advice column in that the the readers write in their emotions and then the authors transcribe a poem to fit their predicament. (laughs) So there's a lot of stuff about her. If you want to know more, you can find her on the coolest freaking website handle ever. It's K K A Y Sarah S A R A H Sarah S E R A dot com. So K Sarah Sarah. <laughs> uh, right? Anyway, so yeah, I want to play, right? And I'm going to go ahead and play her uh, poem for you guys. It's about three minutes long and it is beautiful. So here we go. When they bombed Hiroshima, the explosion formed a mini supernova. So every living animal, human, or plant that received direct contact with the rays from that sun was instantly turned to ash. And what was left of the city soon followed. The long-lasting damage of nuclear radiation caused an entire city and its population to turn into powder. When I was born, my mom says, I looked around the whole hospital room with a stare that said this, I've done this before. 
She says, I have old eyes. When my grandpa Genji died, I was only five years old, but I took my mom by the hand and told her, don't worry, he'll come back as a baby. And yet for someone who's apparently done this already, I still haven't figured anything out yet. My knees still buckle every time I get on a stage. My self-confidence can be measured out in teaspoons, mixed into my poetry, and it still always tastes funny in my mouth. But in Hiroshima, some people were wiped clean away leaving only a wristwatch or a diary page. So no matter that I have inhibitions to fill all my pockets, I keep trying, hoping that one day I'll write a poem I can be proud to let sit in a museum exhibit as the only proof I existed. My parents named me Sarah, which is a biblical name. In the original story, God told Sarah that she could do something impossible, and she laughed. Because <laughs> the first Sarah, she didn't know what to do with impossible, and me... Well, neither do I, but I see the impossible every day. Impossible is trying to connect in this world, trying to hold on to others while things are blowing up around you, knowing that while you're speaking, they aren't just waiting for their turn to talk. They hear you. They feel exactly what you feel at the same time that you feel it. It's what I strive for. Every time I open my mouth, that impossible connection. There's this piece of wall in Hiroshima that was completely burnt black by the radiation. But on the front step, a person who was sitting there blocked the rays from hitting the stone. The only thing left now is a permanent shadow of positive light. After the A-bomb, specialists said it would take 75 years for the radiation-damaged soil of Hiroshima City to ever grow anything again. But that spring, there were new buds popping up from the earth. When I meet you, in that moment, I'm no longer a part of your future. I start quickly becoming part of your past. But in that instant, I get to share your present. And you, you get to share mine. And that is the greatest present of all. So if you tell me I can do the impossible, I'll probably laugh at you. I don't know if I can change the world yet, because I don't know that much about it, and I don't know that much about reincarnation either. But if you make me laugh hard enough, sometimes I forget what century I'm in. This isn't my first time here. This isn't my last time here. These aren't the last words I'll share. But just in case, I'm trying my hardest to get it right this time around. Thank you. So, initial thoughts. I enjoyed it. I think it's hard for me to be completely honest. It's hard for me not to enjoy any poetry. Mm -hmm. I enjoy and I, I really love poetry. I feel like that's a great way for people to get out their feelings. Um, obviously, it's. Yeah, initial thoughts. I really liked it. I'll get into the rest of it later. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, same. Um, I think what was really special about this one is getting to watch her perform it. Mm -hmm. Um. Her hand motions, it's so practiced, and it adds a lot to what she's saying. Mm -hmm. It's more than just reading words on a page. So that's really nice. Um, she can put the emphasis where she wants to. That's really nice. So it kind of is like, yes, poetry is an art, but I think it says a lot for spoken word poetry being its own art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beautiful. it definitely is. I really enjoy. I mean, like I, I probably have listened to that poem or watched it so frequently. I know parts of it by heart because it's, it's just because she is riveting. She's just wonderful to watch. Um, I mean, she. So I first heard it when I was. It's at the end of the TED talk I sent you guys. So she has that whole TED talk, and the. I almost debated between the first poem that she does and the last poem that she does. The first poem is plan plan b did you guys listen to that one too 
Okay. I did not. You should have. It was pretty solid. But it, I'll she have to just. Go back and listen. I yeah. started it and then I'm like, this doesn't have anything to do with Hiroshima. <laughs> like, I gotta, gotta figure this out. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's fantastic. Um, I like this poem a lot, though. The long story short, I just really like it. I do. I agree um, that spoken word is definitely its own art style. I think there are some wonderful poets out there mm-hmm. who just can kill it with doing spoken word. You know, just the same as there's some who just kill it, like if you're just reading it. But my goodness, I, yeah, it's great. I commend her for getting on stage and being able to do that with her poetry. I think she does a great job. Yeah, yeah, she does. And I think you're right. She is like, she's almost mesmerizing to watch what she's doing. You know, she's uh, captivating. I when think she says powder, I feel things inside. Yeah. Is that because of our She like slowly turns. Oh unrelated i do also love arcane but and she slowly turns her hand and does this like i'm pretty sure i only watched it one time i listened to it a couple times while i was doing things but that particular part just is still in my head Mm -hmm. yeah and it's the very delicate way she says powder for me too and i'm like nuclear winter powder yeah Mm -hmm. and being a big old nerd i watched chernobyl i love uh, which is a different radiation mm-hmm. scenario and this made me think about that um and so that was really fun to talk about supernova supernovas and the destruction of an atom bomb and mm-hmm. the i don't know the right word not chaos but like the devastation mm-hmm. of radiation exposure and it just made me remember the show Chernobyl and how people just literally turned into goobers. Like, <laughs> who just turned into a pile of goo. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, to hear her talk about it was very interesting. And it it makes the what happened at Hiroshima very real and very, I just, I don't know, I felt her. When she was talking about it, I was like, those people's lives were just ripped. Yeah, and I, I just like the way that she talks about what's left of them, you know, like she talks mm-hmm. about the the person that was sitting on the steps and how it's a permanent place of positive light, you yes. know. So, and then talking about, oh, the regrowth, even after a year, they're like, nothing will grow here for 75 years. And the 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 way that life, life always finds a way if you've watched Jurassic Park. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know, that's just really beautiful. That's something was growing within a year yeah she does that sort of like i feel like she does that juxtaposition a lot between like destruction and regrowth in this poem she does it quite a bit and i like it yeah because the earth is very resilient and then Mm -hmm. we as humans are very resilient too so i think we're more resilient than we give ourselves credit for most of the time which i think is also her point about herself She's much more resilient than she gives herself credit for in the end, the confidence and the things she does, like being able to get on stage, even with the fright she still feels and all of this. So, yeah, liked it. Yeah. Now, how does reincarnation build into all of this? Because she has like two stories going at the same time. Mm -hmm. She's talking about Hiroshima. She's talking about being this not being your only time on this earth. I'm not sure that I understand how they connect. I think it's so 
I think she, she says it really well at the end. She goes, this isn't my first time here. This isn't my last time here. But just in case, I'm trying my hardest to get it right this time around. And she talks about all the things that were left behind from those people. So those people are gone, but they'll come back. Mm. And hopefully whatever they left behind the first time was good enough. And that when they come back, they leave different things. Now, that's just my take on it. I think that a lot of it is just like she, her, I think that it also ties into like, she talks about how if she laughs hard enough, she forgets what century she's in. Which I did notice that. Yeah. I love that line so much because I like will do that sometimes. I feel like you just you're just laughing so hard that you're really not even present here. Um, that it's just about the mm-hmm. the joy that you're feeling. Which... That was me last night. If I was or was not intoxicated, we won't talk about it. But <laughs> man, did I laugh. But it is, it's a great feeling when you have that like genuine mm-hmm. laughter where you can, you know, like you said, just kind of forget. It's kind of, it's just such a good feeling. Yeah. Like nothing else exists, but this good feeling, you know. Yeah. I I also just kind of, I, I'll do that with places, you know, like I'll go places and I'll be like, I feel like I've been here before, but I haven't. And it's not like a deja vu. It's not like that. It's just like, I feel like I've been here before. And then it's there's places. Yeah, there's a familiarity. But so there's I other places I've been. That. And I have never, I feel like, no, you're good. And I, real quick, and then you definitely tell the story. I'm here for an anecdote. But, and then there's other places like at Chichen Itza. We went there. And that is an older place. Obviously, it's freaking ancient. But I did not feel that familiarity that I felt. Like, that's when it dawned on me that there are places that I've been that feel familiar. That, whereas, like, there are other places that haven't, that don't feel that way at all. And I can't tell you, I'm not really great about remembering the places that have been familiar. Probably because it's positive and we're more prone to remember the negative things. Not that being unfamiliar with the place is negative. It's just the most recent one I can think of. But go ahead. What was your, what's your story, Miss Sarah? So my story is about being turned on do you guys know the day that you were turned on to like memory like you were it's like a flip was switched and you were turned on like Like are we talking about to consciousness yes so okay i thought we were talking sexually okay i was gonna say the last time i was turned on was when i saw marianne boom oh that was funny um, I was also turned on when I saw Marianne because this is my story. They call it being turned on because it's like the flip is switched to consciousness. So not flip turned switched. on sexually. Sorry. It's like you're being turned on to life. Right. So there's this story I have where when I was like two to three years old. Okay. My very first memory is me being turned on to consciousness. I woke up in my grandma's bed and I would always spend the night with my grandma. Right. Like loved it. So I woke up and I remember sitting there and I was like, I've done this before. And then I was thinking, I'm like, how did I get here? And it's like, oh yeah, because I was someone else. And I'm like, but I'm back and I've done this before. And then I remember thinking like all of these things, like I thought, like I honestly thought this, I swear guys, but it was like, a, I was like, Jesus, heaven. Like I was going through like God, the motions and I'm like, fairy tale. I'm like, you know, I was putting it together. I'm like, that was a fairy tale. I'm like, okay, that's, that was the best way I could explain it in my kid brain. I'm like, that was a fairy tale. And then I started thinking of all these words and I'm like, how do I know these words? And Mm -hmm. then I remember going to my grandma's kitchen 
and there sat like a lot of my family members because my grandma's table was like the place to be right Mm -hmm. and I couldn't remember which one was my mom so I said hi mom or hi mommy or whatever and then I was like whichever one answers that's my mom and then I go to the (laughs) I go to the fridge and I remember opening it up and I put my little hand on my hip and I thought I've done this so many times just like this and I'm going to keep doing it so anytime I go to the fridge and I open it and I put my hand on my hip and I'm like what am I going to get I'm like I was right so you guys think (laughs) is it you know do you think it's a false memory do you think it's something because I think otherwise I think it's just like there's so many stories of people who have been turned on to their consciousness and it's like I do believe that I've been here before. So when she mentions that, mm-hmm. like that her mom is like, hey, you know, you look like I've done this before. Like yeah. that's how I felt. It's immediately like I have done this before. Mm-hmm. I've been here. I've been somewhere, right? Like I've lived. That mm-hmm. was like the overall feeling is that I have lived before. So it was really cool to me. And the idea of reincarnation itself is just beautiful, you mm-hmm. know, because there's all of us, all these souls that we have and it's just such a shame to think like once sarah's gone she's gone you know like yeah. her soul is beautiful like why can't it come back and then we have millions billions billions of people on this earth and then who knows what else out in the universe it's just wild to me so that's my turning on story that i wanted to tell you guys yeah no i mean that's kind of i feel like i've never really had that moment i've had moments where i've like been looking in the mirror and i don't recognize myself where I'll be like, I don't, this isn't me. And it's not like body dysmorphia. It's not that. It's just like, I'll just take, like, be walking past and take a glance. And I'll be like, oh, oh, okay. That doesn't, that's not who I was expecting to see in the mirror was myself. Because um, you were a man named Fred from your last life, probably. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. Must be why I'm so obsessed with that name. <laughs> Fred. <laughs> like, but, I named my cat Winif- Winnie, Winifred, and I'm going to call see? her Freddy. See? And I mean, and I know not everyone has that story. I say this because I was on Reddit called The Truth is Out There. Or maybe the truth is out here. Or maybe the truth is here. Maybe. Anyway, the truth is out there. Mm-hmm. And so I was on it and this person mentioned their turning on story. And all of these stories were so similar to mine. And I thought, I'm not crazy. Because when I tell people, I know it sounds so unbelievably not true. It mm-hmm. sounds like Sarah just like lay down and took a nap and dreamt of it. And then woke up and I'm like, that's my memory. But it's so true. Like that's the very first thing I can remember. And I remember when I remembered it because I'm like, wow, I've never had this feeling before. And then from then on, it was just like memory. Like I can remember everything, you know. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't remember the life beforehand because everything's black, right? Like, yeah. Before we remember, what do you remember? Nothing. It's all black. No. Like it's yeah. wild. I don't know, man. I just think that. So the 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 I have trouble sometimes with with stuff like this just because, um. I think that. Some stuff in childhood, like, I don't have a great, it's not that I don't have good memories. I just, my memory, my memory is very, very good now. I think that it's very good. Um, But when it comes to, like, childhood memories, I don't have, I don't remember a lot. And that, I mean, like, that's coincides with, like, trauma or neglect, stuff like that. Um, Which I'm not going to go into, but I think that's part of it. And so I think that uh, 
I, I don't remember that stuff. And I'm not saying that, Sarah, you've never had any trauma. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I wonder if the lack of a lack of that stuff means that you're more open to remembering that moment you get turned on. If it, you Maybe. become awake to your consciousness. Turned on. I know it's rough. It's hard saying that term because that's not how we're thinking of it. Right. It's it's weird. Well, when I was reading about it, when people have mentioned being turned on, I thought, okay. But it was so interesting because it's like we turn on computers, we turn on electronics, we turn on, you know, all of this. Yeah. And then they're there. And it's like, yeah, it was the moment that my consciousness like came alive. And I became like a more of a sentient human being, not in, like one person had mentioned it's like they were an animal before, you know, mm-hmm. and you live for the sake of being like, like you're a kid, you just do what feels right, you know. Yeah, your lizard you, brain is talking more so than yes. the frontal lobe. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're turned on, you're like, wow. And from then on, you know, it's just, but, but I also remember a lot of things. And sometimes I second guess myself because I'm like, is that a planted memory? Is it not? I'll tell you guys right now. They're probably not memory? just because I remember a lot of shit. Planted is like maybe somebody tells you that story enough times that even like though a you, false memory. Yeah, like, like a false yeah, memory. it's like a false memory. Like you okay. think it's we're on the same page. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, and like I said, I remember things very well as well. Um as a kid. Maybe I don't know. Uh sometimes I wish I could forget things just because I'm like Ooh, kid me was a little cringy but all kids weren't we all yeah, yeah. to be human is to be cringe right i literally had to look up yesterday like what what type of dinosaur baby bop and bj were from from barney <laughs> i was I like man a triceratops but baby bop wasn't yeah no. one of BJ. them was like a, a triceratops and the other one is a version of a, another tops because they have it's a saurus. No, it's a saurus. Hmm. Anyway, listen, you can look it up. Google's got it. But okay. uh, <laughs> thank you, Google. What is Barney? Is he a T Rex? I would assume. Yeah. Like okay. He's got those I think he's arms. Not Julia, what's your earliest memory? Do you have an earliest memory, like moment? Um. You know, no. Well, not that. Okay, so I feel like I get asked this question because everybody asks, like, talks about this question, and I can't think of one. Like, if I try to search back in my memory, it's hard. Like, I don't feel like I remembered anything before school, and that's really patchy. So, like, like I remember preschool. But I can't, and maybe, but see, this is the problem. Because, like, I can think of a time before school, but I've also seen pictures. So I don't know if that's I'm remembering that or if I planted that memory myself from, like, the pictures of. Right. Uh, that I've seen, like, of our living room when we lived in, uh, in Detroit. So Yeah, because, like, some memories can become, at least for me, like, a outside looking in. And I also mm-hmm. can't tell if it's because I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing a picture before or if I'm just, like, as a kid, though, I also like the idea of, like, an outer body experience. So I tried to make myself have an outer body experience where I was outside looking in. I was a weird kid, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, you kind of were. But I kind of like the person that you grew into. So you. Little Thank Baby Sarah is all right in my book. Thanks. <laughs> little Baby Sarah was 
cool. Just picture me in my diaper wearing all my baby bop stuff. Um, well, I mean, I was naked except for my baby bop stuff. And then yeah. my diaper, obviously. And then I'm sitting there and I'm chilling. And in front of the TV and I have my legs crossed and I have my arms behind my head. And I'm like, here I am. <laughs> Watching Barney. <laughs> like, I think I remember one time my sister was, t- she was younger than me. She's two years younger than me. And she was running around in just her diaper. And I had taken off my shirt because she was running around in just her diaper. And my mom was like, no, and I could be wrong. I could, this could be not a memory at all. This is the rough part, right? But I remember my mom, mom or somebody being like, no, you have to put your shirt on. And I was like, why? She doesn't have a shirt on because she's two and running around in her diaper or like one. And they're like, no, but she's younger. That's okay. But it's not okay for you. And that doesn't. So I don't know. I could be wrong. Wow. But <laughs> it's a toss-up for me well obviously i had the moment i was turned on and then after that it was my brother's funeral and so those are like the top two like earliest memories for me because that happened when i was three as when he passed away so Mm -hmm. it was like i think it was either three or i was almost three so it was like right around the same time i like got turned on so i'm not sure and maybe that was it maybe that was just the moment where i'm like i'm a you know it just something with me death in my mind and being a kid maybe it just completely what about you heather do you have a memory yes first things first barney is a tyrannosaurus rex nice baby bop is a triceratops and bj is a protoceratops there you go protoceratops there you go thank you google okay (laughs) unrelated so mine is kind of interesting too my earliest daydreams because i have daydreamed particularly when i was little now it's more like i just think about the future and like oh this is a scenario that's a scenario Mm -hmm. but when i was a child i daydreamed incessantly like it was so all the time like i would smile at the walls and people made fun of me in middle school because (laughs) i was just daydreaming so frequently and my earliest daydreams i'm in a very specific outfit um that i wore when i was one so oh. little tiny baby, mm-hmm. but I don't have memories of being one years old, but I have memories of the daydreams that I used to have. Okay. Um, wow. my first memory memory is me in daycare and I have no clue how old I was. I'll have to ask mom cause she was going to college at the time. And so she put Cody and I in daycare during one of her classes mm-hmm. or maybe, a, you know, multiple classes, whatever, while she was in class. And I remember being, it was nap time and I was like, fuck this nap. I'm not doing it. So I'm (laughs) jumping in the crib and in my memory, it was another kid also jumping in the crib across from me. Is it near? I don't know. I wonder. (laughs) I'm like, were there two kids going crazy during nap time? Were we like (laughs) having an interaction as much as two children can? Or was it a mirror? Yeah. So I'll have to ask mom one of these days yeah both of those questions yeah my sister sent me a picture a video of uh, my nephew and he had just found the little man in the mirror and was like really going ham like he's in his little jumper and she propped up the mirror and she and he was not having it he's like who are you why are you in my house like he was just yelling and smacking it it was the funniest thing I and you know, he could have some memory of like him beating up some kid as a child and, you know, <laughs> baby. And really, it's just him. It was just him. Oh, he's. I have he's a similar funny. situation, kind of like that, only it was Faith. 
and uh bless her heart but she was just born and i was mm-hmm. like two and mm-hmm. almost two like i was definitely over one and a half because i'm almost two years older than faith and they took me to go see the baby and they put me in the bed and i started kicking my legs and they're like sarah you can't kick the baby and i'm like yes i can and i get kicking <laughs> poor faith i love her to death no wonder oh my I was, gosh i was a mean kid to her but then we grew up now she can be mean to me but she's not so we were just well, funny yeah that's interesting well, though i mean is we're all living our lives yeah, yeah. we're all and alive we want to leave a mark yeah. hopefully not a mark of just my wristwatch when i'm disintegrated mm-hmm. but i mean yeah. technically it's a thing i could do I- that I, I kind of agree with her like idea. I'm just trying to get it right this time around, you know, just in case. Because mm-hmm. you know, we really don't know what happens after we die. When, and none, none of us right. really does. I mean, people have faith and we have ideas and all this other stuff. And we can go into the theology of that all day long. But we truly actually do not know for a fact, you know, because right. nobody's been and come back or people who have. And then I'm like, I don't know about all that now. But um I guess like a seeing and believing situation. So it's hard just because I, I we don't know what's going to happen. And so if you operate under like you really don't know, or maybe you're an atheist and you don't think any hap- anything happens, uh, you know, then you do try to try and do what's right this time around. And I think that we talk about that a lot. We t- I know Sarah, I remember editing pieces of like when I re-listen to the episodes when I'm editing, I just remember Sarah saying, you know, I'm at an age where I'm just trying to be nice to everybody. I don't really have the energy to be mean to anybody. And I'm like, oh, little Sarah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I don't. I don't. There are people, and I think, to, like, I get mad for, like, five minutes, and I'm like, ooh, this is upsetting. And then I'm like, ah, they're probably just having a bad day. Yeah. And I'm like, they're having a bad day, and I'm having a good life. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so. <laughs> right so i try that and i'm like well so i i'm just too i think i'm too nice but i can't help it but it's true i'm at that age like you know the more mean people are to me i'm like "Mm mm-hmm like i like you too good job oh that's getting older or working um with the public oh it's definitely working with the public probably (laughs) yeah you work with the public and you just learn for people to like call you mean things and flip you off and tell you you're trash and you're like okay great how else can i help you Mm mm-hmm yeah I don't know, man. I, I, when I, so I don't have, I have to be customer servicey. Obviously, I don't want to cause trauma or issues with my clients or whatever. But I'm also like, I'm not going to listen to you yell at me. <laughs> no, yeah. Setting boundaries, I think, is an important you, yeah, yeah. skill. Yeah, you set boundaries. Thank you. Sure. Obviously, you're having a bad day. I get that. It's not my fault. I know it's not personal. But, like, if you can't talk civilly to me, then I'm not going to put up with your shit. You can call back when you're feeling better. Okay? Okay. Yeah, we have, like, um, obviously, if you know, if you're being emotionally or mentally, you feel like you're, you know, people are having a moment um, at you. You don't want to put up with it. They're not listening to you. You're being polite as you can, like, in the conversation, you know, if you can just be like, hey, try back when you're in a better mood. And for most of the time. I notice if I'm being really nice to somebody who's in a crap mood, they're like, I'm so sorry. Like I shouldn't be taking yeah. this out, you know, taking, taking all this out on you. And they're like, and I don't mean to sound like this. And I'm like, Hey, it's okay. 
we've all been there. I'm like, you're in pain. We all have bad days. We all, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. we're in pain or whatever. That's um, fair though. That idea of like, uh, kill them with kindness or, you know, that's why they say kill people, them all with kindness. I know. Oh. Kindness <laughs> is my knife. Anyway. So <laughs> I think that reflect you can, you can deescalate. Yes. You can. I was just get ready to say your energy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's a good. That's a good way. I feel like because it's mirror neurons, they start to mirror you. If you escalate too, then they will escalate as well. So if you're if you're chill and they escalate and they just notice that you're chill, so then you start to realize. I think that like, have you ever gone and gotten really upset with somebody and they're just super chill? You start to realize how ridiculous you look. It takes your steam. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, Adam, fight with me, and he's like are we fighting? And I'm like, no, I'm trying. But I'm trying. working. That's how my mom's ex was. Keith, do you guys remember Keith? Yeah. Yeah. He, mom would just be like trying to fight. Not trying to fight, but like upset about something and trying to have her version of a conversation, which could be a little more escalated. And he's mm-hmm. just like chilling. And she's like, God, it just takes the steam out of everything. Like it just, you're just wanting yeah, to be like, upset and you're wanting to yell and they're just staring at you and you're like, well, <laughs> this isn't getting anywhere. <laughs> so. Well, I think that's, I think that, so there's two ways that, that, that this response happens, right? So you either are like, okay, well, I feel like I'm ridiculous because I'm at this level and you're not there with me. So I got to come down to your level because I look like an idiot or whatever mm-hmm. reason, or it's. I might as well not try because you're clearly not listening to me because you're not reacting to me. And there's that balance you have to strike, you know, of I want you to know that I'm listening to you and I'm reacting to you and I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm not going to come up to your level of engagement just because it's not a healthy level where you're at. I'm not trying to have high blood pressure before I get to be like out of my 20s. That yeah, sounds awful. me either. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, yeah. don't you, don't you know. <laughs> I have high blood pressure. Hypertension <laughs> so bad. <laughs> didn't you? I was gonna say, didn't you get hit with the really shitty gene pool stick? Not really. Shitty. I sure did. No, it's it's a problem. Bless my heart. I'll sit here every day. Bless my heart. <laughs> bless my I don't heart. know if you can say that. I mean, bless your own heart. Well, bless your heart, Sarah. Thanks, you <laughs> Thank guys. You. I bless it for you. <laughs> I always say bless my heart. I'm talking to people on the phone. I'm like, just bless my heart. I'm a hot mess. They're talking to me. I use it as time to vent. I'm like, how are you doing today? I'm like, let me tell you about my story. Yeah, like please. Like, I just uh it was like, ma'am, I, I think I'm on the consciousness when I was three. <laughs> you guys wanna listen to? I swear. I'm telling you, people call in, they do some crazy stuff. Anyway, one lady's like, I think I'm having a bad headache that I had when I had a stroke. And I'm like, can you go to the ER? Can we call 911? Do you want me to help you? And she's like, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> it was a stroke, honey. You just had one. Um, another thing that I would like to mention, though, kind of off topic, but mm-hmm. is that aspect that she was talking about, Sarah, and how God kind of gave Sarah, like, this impossible news. And she laughed. Because mm-hmm. God told her, hey, you're going to have a baby. And Sarah's like, whoa, I'm like 97. I'm not going to have a baby, you know, and that's not possible. And God's like, yeah, you are. And then she has a baby and it's Isaac. And so, you know, Great and she does. Yeah. And that's one of my, one of my favorite Bible verses is when God tells her what he tells her. And it literally says, and Sarah laughed. <laughs> Sarah's like, no. And because I think of it like, I don't know. It, 
we all in some way have been told that the some of the things that we do are not possible mm-hmm. you know the way that we live or the way that things are who we are the people that we love like anything like it's just not possible it's not going to work out or whatever and then it does mm-hmm. and then you know and that's how i try to think of it like for me it's more of i want to have kids so i think of it like well if it happened to that sarah maybe it'll happen to this sarah <laughs> this yeah. is the thought process guys and uh, so, try my best thank you thank you like i just want to have a baby and then i'll have a baby and it'll be like the antichrist and then i'll have to be uh, there yeah, and I'll, I'll support it because you know. i'll be like that's my baby <laughs> i'll be like it's my baby <laughs> i support him i don't know like, how listen, guys, any kid I raised really by sarah would ever be like mean in that way she'd just be no. like honey we don't do that why because we're nice to our friends right okay we're nice to everybody though like he's like but i have a mission okay just don't name your kid damien fang you should be all right yeah, there you go. And, and it's really, uh, well, what I liked about it though is, you know, because yes, we each have those issue or issues, and it's like we're made for something higher than almost, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like we each have a purpose that's almost higher than, like she was talking about. Like she's trying to be better this time around, mm-hmm. like we mentioned. And that's, I don't know. It was very inspirational. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the story about Sarah because literally, it was just like last week i was looking up the story about sarah and abraham and mm-hmm. isaac and i was like oh okay you know i think the other thing i like too is that she's like she talks about how her mom says that she looks like she's done this before like she has old mm-hmm. eyes and she's like and apparently for someone who's done this i still haven't figured anything out and i was like preach sarah preach to the choir because right. like I talk about how sometimes I feel like I've been here before, but for somebody who's already been here, I'm still like struggling. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? How do I do this? What is life even? Yeah. I have an answer to that, sort okay. of. I have a coworker that read a book called Many Lives Lived, and oh. it's about reincarnation. And according to this book, that um, your soul, basically every new life is a new opportunity for your soul to experience something. Okay. So that your soul is growing and aging. That's why some souls seem older. They've probably had more experiences yeah, than Yeah, Matthew other and I souls. talk about this all the time. And so that's why we never know what we're doing because this is new for our soul. Even if we are not new to living on this planet, it's mm. still you are in that's this life so that your soul learns something specific that it hasn't done before. Okay. I have to read that book. I feel like I yeah, would like it. Do. Because the idea of reincarnation is something that, like, I it's went the one that makes being, the most sense to me. Yeah, honestly. younger me thought it's not quite possible. Then older me watched where dreams may come. Okay, <gasps> Wait, okay. Where dreams may come, or what dreams may come? We're talking about Robin Williams. I'm talking about Robin Williams. So it's probably the oh what dreams God. may come. I love that. <laughs> I love, sorry, I am talking about Robin Williams. She said. <laughs> I love that movie that so much. Heather, it's have you seen so it? Good. I've not seen it. We're gonna I have to pull it. a movie night. No, like straight yeah. up, we're just gonna have to do a movie. I'll have my projector by the next time you come here. We will okay. project it upon my wall. <gasps> Let's yeah, project. it's a, actually you know because next time I'll there, I'll, I'm there is probably when you're getting married. So it's a really beautiful love story too. Oh, good. It's haunting but beautiful in a good way. Oh, I love that. So we'll have to watch it. But that's you one need thing. Tissues the, when we watch this movie. There are a lot of tissues. It was beautiful. Okay, but, let me tell you guys this. I swear this happens. Okay. When I make mistakes, 
everybody makes mistakes, right? Uh-huh. When I make yeah. mistakes, I like to think in my head, it's okay. I'll get it next time. <laughs> like, I'll do that next time. Or if I think about a way that I didn't like, like there are some situations, I don't want to say regrets because I feel like everything happens in the way that it's kind of meant to. But I do think there are some situations that I wish I'd expanded upon in my life with maybe certain people or experiences or places or whatever. And yeah, I like I always, that expanded upon. That's a really good way to reframe it. Yes, because it's like, Sorry, I cut you regardless, off. no, I, it's regardless of what you think the next, because uh, if you're saying everything's moving and you're mm-hmm. in like a, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it. I'm sorry. My brain's going crazy. But if everything happens for a particular reason and we kind of have an end goal, you know, in mind, and then there are all these experiences and even if it's not meant to be in this timeline, you know, mm-hmm. it is something that I'm like, maybe next timeline, I can expand on that. Maybe next timeline, I can do a little bit more of this. Maybe mm-hmm. next time. I mean, I do stuff now, but there are some opportunities that are just past that. Obviously, like you can't go back to being 13, you mm-hmm. know, but just... don't know that I would. But yes, I agree. No, no. we've already <laughs> talked about how we would not go back to be teenagers. That was in a different podcast. I don't remember what episode that is, but middle school. No, not middle school. Hell, okay. Yeah, it wasn't even that time. bad, and it was the worst. No, yeah, I think it was like just being the the egocentric people that we were, right? Because you're so focused on all the shit going on with you, you think everybody else is focused on you. When if we have any teens listening to this show, uh, they're not. They're so worried about their own selves. They don't give a shit about you. And if they are picking on you or whatever, it's just because you were there that day. It has nothing to do. It's an outlet for what they're dealing with. Yeah. Right. Well, some people are shit and that's just how it is. They are. And then they go on to be either, they either learn from it or they grow up to be even more shit people or just shit people with problems. Some people are shit. (laughs) Some people people are shit. There are trash people in the world. They happen. Um, they are. I feel like if you are in this story of life and you are not a dynamic character and you stay static at all, that's your problem. You are making, have you seen, oh gosh, what was I watching? What was I watching? Do not tell me. Don't tell I mean, me. I mean, I don't know, so I can't tell you. Oh, oh, God. oh God, I don't know. It's like a, I forgot those people that are, are shit. They just are going to have to come back next time and learn and be better. You, yeah, you know, kind of like the, is it the Hindus? Where they believe, like, you come, like, you're Until you've reached enlightenment. Yeah, and you keep going. And then if you do do something, like, wrong, and then you die, like, you were just a bad person, you die, you go back to that low level, and you keep, like, building yourself up. Mm -hmm. What was I thinking? Anyway, there was a show that I was listening to, and it's, like, or watching. Me and Adam were watching. God, I'm going to remember it. But this guy is, like, are you, are you a main character or a side character in your story? Because you have the energy, obviously, to be the main character, but then why are you acting like a side character? I know what it is. What is it? Were you watching The Holiday with Kate Winslet? (laughs) I just watched that this weekend. That's how I know. I watched that recently as well. Because Arthur Arthur says it to Iris. He says, you're a leading lady. Why are you acting like a side character? Yes. Oh my god, thank you. I, I knew that. it was something I watched. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies, that and Holiday oh, yeah, Handcuffs. Too. It's so good. Oh, I seen that one. Oh, watch Holiday I did watch Handcuffs. Happiest Season, and I still feel, you know, I'll probably, uh, that, that I was, say about it. I'll probably add that to my 
my roster of like Christmas movies, even though I think that Kristen Stewart's character should not have ended up with Harper because Harper is one of those trash people. Yeah. So <laughs> Yep, I'll have to I'll have to watch it. I'll have to watch it. Okay, well, we're, we're gonna have to talk about it for sure. I'll watch it. Yeah, you need to. It's only an hour and like twenty minutes. I watched it last night before I went to bed. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it then. I'll watch it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, what was that? Yeah. So it's yeah, be, be a main character. Don't be a side character. Be your own main character. Be a leading lady or leading sir. You know, whatever you Leading want. person. Let's be non-binary. Being that, even if you're like, Sir Lady Boar, the Hermaphrodite Boar. Oh, we did okay. run a Pathfinder campaign. I ran I ran a two-session campaign. Yeah. And Adam's character had a boar that was a hermaphrodite, and they went by all pronouns. So yeah, their name was um, Sir Boris the Lady Boar. I love that. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. I mean, they were great. I mean, you don't have to be hermaphrodite to be you know not at all not at all but that was just the case yes i do kind of love that idea but yeah i yeah just be the leading person of your story be the leading character yeah and don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to be dynamic you know like i feel like in this in the poem obviously i feel like sarah k had like a good i don't know like even though she's nervous she's still on stage Mm -hmm. or she talks about like it's okay they're gonna come back you know like you having that old soul soul and being here or just just being here i mean we have this opportunity just just be don't be afraid to change you know go with the story don't be afraid to change maybe you'll get it if you don't get it right this time maybe you'll get it right next time but just do the best you can right now you know that's all we can do is just do the best we can right now because you just never know but um for me it's like when like when my grandma died there was one good way i experienced it or explained it to myself is like i felt like she was out there in the universe you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like her consciousness was out there in the universe oh, yeah. energy is never created nor destroyed right? yeah okay so i heard that i and then well obviously because that's how matter works and i mean that's just how <laughs> it, it is like science i read it in a science, science. Book. i learned it i learned I it science, science but no yeah, no, I was thinking this thing that I heard, though, was, and I could be wrong, I haven't looked it up to make sure was it was true or not, but they, like, weighed bodies before and after death, and it's lighter, the body is lighter after death. Because your soul is gone, baby cake. Because your soul is gone, and soul is what? Matter. If it has weight, it's matter, right? Yeah, and you matter. And if it's not created matter. or destroyed, it right. it's got, it's somewhere, you know? I like yeah. it. Gotta be somewhere. I've I've mentioned this to Adam. Kind of like hauntings. One thing I've thought of is like the energy from like the person and the life that they lived. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Almost like a memory, like a memory like a imprint. Yeah. yeah. You've been to my last apartment, Sarah. I I was like my last apartment that I was in before we bought our house was freaking terrifying. Matthew and I, it had such bad juju. It had so much negative energy. Matthew and I fought so much when we were in that apartment. And we don't fight like that. We didn't fight before when we were like that. We haven't fought like that since. We just don't act like that. And what we did, I'm still surprised we got married because we got married when we were living in that freaking apartment. But um, I'm glad we did because obviously it was the place. Uh, uh, but you came and stayed the night of the bachelorette party. like, And then we had the wedding the next day. And you were sleeping on the couch, and then you were like, there was somebody staring at me from the closet. Can I sleep in the bed with you? And I was like, yes, you can. I <laughs> yes. swear I was. I was sitting there, and I wrote, mm-hmm. I remember I wrote over my 
my speech and I'm like, okay, this is good. And I'm like, I'm going to try to go to sleep. And I kept looking at the closet and I'm like, shit, no. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I'm like, tell ya. Yep. <laughs> Just running there. I'm like, hey, I know you're getting married tomorrow, but I got to lay in bed with you. <laughs> no, that was fine with me. I had the light on because I also hated sleeping alone in that apartment. I can only imagine. You know, yeah. I feel like this apartment goes off a lot better. Um, as you say, Juju, than my last one. My last one, I just had a lot of auditory hallucinations and stuff. Also, I wasn't sleeping very good because it was just wasn't good vibes. Wasn't good vibes, you know? Yeah. Some places do. Bad vibes are vibes. a thing. But bad vibes. Yeah, absolutely. Get your bad vibes out of here. Because, <laughs> baby, now we got bad vibes. Mm-hmm. Any it last thoughts? Bad love. Is that the part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bad blood. Uh, bad By Miss T-Swizzle. Killing the game. Love her. Oh, but yes. What was the next part? What are we doing? I was going to say, any final thoughts about it? Yeah, I think I'm going to cast the author as Sarah Kay. Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. She's in a a short film. It was called. I don't remember. It came out. I watched it. I think it was Blind Spot, actually. Not the blind side, but like blind spot. <laughs> it came out in 2018. It's on her website. I gave you the website earlier. But that you did. Yeah. So thoughts, feelings, final situations before we wrap this puppy up. No, I thought it was really good. I, mm-hmm. uh, I really love, I uh, love the idea of reincarnation. Obviously we, um, I've discussed it with coworkers. Like it's a thing. <laughs> My mom also has a book. <gasps> we might. Oh, you already you were gonna pick that for us this year. We've talked about it. Yeah, we've talked pick about it for it. next it year. I need I this. Gonna, yeah, I think, I'm, I think we're gonna do it. I think we'll do that. So, uh, readers, listen out for the next. Uh, next our little... readers are gonna have an existential. Crisis. I don't know what's happening next time because <laughs> we never know when we're doing stuff. We know when yeah. we're doing stuff. I feel like we're relatively consistent with posting. But as far as like what order things are gonna happen, and we start out with in an the order, and then we're like change it twelve oh. to sixteen months. Yeah, sometime, sometime in the year of 20, 2022, we'll read a book about reincarnation and have this discussion more in depth. Sounds Mark good. it on your calendar right now mm-hmm. for the next 12 to 16 months. <laughs> 12 to 16 months. <laughs> I was like, of an elephant. No, that's 22 months. Yeah. So this was a wonderful read. Absolutely appreciated it. Hiroshima was a great touch to this. Also, uh, reincarnation wonderful i appreciate sarah for this and uh uh 10 out of 10 we all recommend right yeah we all recommend wonderful great recommendation from delia thank you awesome good job we like it so next will be heather's pick uh can't wait to find out what that is i'm sure it will will wrap up the poetry section of our this series anyway we'll we'll compare and contrast all of them oh yeah i like that good job all right and now it is time to say goodbye remember to check our instagram for upcoming reads and the casting list a big thanks to all of our wonderful listeners our co-host heather for writing our theme song dylan who created our logo cynthia who creates our episode art and our respective life partners for their unwavering support we hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next time when we turn the page (laughs) 